WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and welcome to this week's Cover Story. And I am joined by my ever-so-dapper, Mick Jolly. Welcome. Hey, Brandy. How you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm a little worse for the wear, but I'm good. How yeah. are you? Well, uh, now, if I understand right, the storms have blown over down there, right? So there's no big deal going on in, in South Florida. You know something? It's crazy. The worse they predict the weather to be, the more beautiful it actually is here. Awesome. Well, that's what you it's, want to hear. Exactly. When they say, it's going to be a fabulous weekend, you know, bring out your sunscreen, it's dismal and dreary. Well, you know, um, um, it's it's raining in Washington. At least that's what I want all the users to think because it's that, that's absolutely beautiful right now. So, <laughs> could be. Well, I know how you are. You're like we have a great little secret. People that's have right. preconceived notions when it comes to Seattle, so we'll just let them think that way, so it doesn't become heavily populated. There you go. Well, I think that I think that opportunity's already been passed. It's it's populated already. <laughs> I, I, I think our guest today probably knows something about the area. At least uh, at least uh, he he probably knows it quite intimately from. from different events in his life, so I'm looking forward to learning today. Yeah, I am too. We've got another great guest, uh, per usual, and I think, you know, our our sort of take on today is going to be a little different than what we've done. Um, We've got Alec Rosen coming on, and he's has a lot of experience in PR, but he's actually gone and opened up his own firm, which is PR marketing and advertising, blending it together, sort of allowing people to do one-stop shopping. And no, that's he so necessary. From, that's, that's timely. That is timely. needs to be well, done. You know what? It, it, it is timely, and it's important because, you know, here's a guy that worked for, um, you know, Bernstein, Bernstein Marsteller. He worked for Edelman as vice president of Edelman. You know, two of the largest PR firms went out on his own. Actually, and he'll tell us a story at a time that wasn't as great, you know, wasn't like the smartest thing, the most prudent thing seemingly to do in the industry. But he went out on his own, and today he's actually a one-man shop who handles a lot of really big clients, and he's done a terrific job at assembling a crackerjack box of, um, you know, uh, subcontracted people that really work transparently as a team for him. That's perfect. That's perfect. And, and if I understand right, one of his uh, key clients that he represented throughout uh, Latin America was Microsoft. So right. And we all want to understand. You know, don't we all want to understand a little bit better how Microsoft does its advertising, <laughs> marketing, and PR? <laughs> so they've done something thing. right because you know the the story is that they, uh, you know, aren't the aren't the originators of of anything early on, but they sure, sure knew how to package and and market a product, and uh, so not and not a bad out. bit of history to be associated with. No, none whatsoever. So let's do this. Let's go take our first commercial break, and we'll come right back with Alex Rosen. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over. 
Remember, Shakespeare, you need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh -huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts, mm. plus their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertiser. Wow. Doesn't that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow, thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. Commercials off. Now back to... Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Wow. I'm not supposed to act surprised. But I, wow. Yeah, I tell you what, man. Those commercial breaks keep getting better and better. <laughs> that is real. We're cool. Very we cool. are cool, man. That rocks. I love that. In fact, um, I think we'll just put the commercials back on and let them run for the next 45 minutes here. Yeah. I, 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 feel, I, wanna, I, wanna, I feel like I'm gunslinging over here. I want to start, you know, target practice. And, oh, that's so cool. Very anyway, good. without further ado, let's introduce today's featured guest, Alec Rosen. Alec, welcome. How you doing, Alec? Okay. So, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, Alec uh, may be experiencing a technical difficulty out there, but you know what? That's okay. What? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll manage here. Hey, we will, hey Brandy. It's Mark. Oh, there he is. No, that's Mark. Oh, oh, hey, Mark. This is our our very handsome yeah, our producer. producer. I see. I just had Alec on the phone, and I patched him through. I don't know where he went. Well, you know no. what? That's the joy of it. You know, life in in business is usually you never know what's going to happen when, so you got to be flexible. But you, okay. you know, if you have a little preparation, you're always ready to move forward. All right, I'll give him a call back. We'll see uh, where we <laughs> <laughs> so A learning point for our listeners out there: you always be prepared. You know, is that a Boy Scout model? <laughs> I think it. Right, right. Oh no, 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 no. Be prepared. Are you ready to take the lead? Isn't that is that Boy Scouts or is that like the Navy? Uh, be prepared. I think is the Scouts and take the lead. Probably is the uh, Navy. But hey, you know what? <laughs> Whoever's motto it is, thank you for... Uh, no, but it's true. In any, in any situation, we're experienced right now. This is a public relations. This is called crisis management. And, you know what? And we're very fortunate because we've got two hosts here who could probably yammer off about public relations until the next century. Well, you know what? I could probably, just looking at some of the information that I have here on Alec, we could probably fill the hour without him and talk about all the great <laughs> things that he would recommend. Yeah, this, this is a gentleman that's... Uh, you know, it's where preparation meets opportunity. I'm looking at some of the uh, board information. Here's a guy mm -hmm. that's really thought out his processes. And that's, I think that's something that's just as important as um, being prepared yourself is working with people that know how to prepare. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Having people that have a network of other people to work with, that if you do want to branch out into other areas, you have that ability. There you go. Because they have... They have those people working with them, and as you want to, you know, whether it's, you know, fine, I want to venture out into trade shows, and I don't know a good company that's going to create a trade show booth for me, they can refer you to those people because contacts and knowledge is where it's at. And being able to pull resources. Okay, I think we have Alec on the phone now. Fabulous. Awesome. Fabulous. Alec. Yes, hi, I'm here. All right, buddy, glad to have you. <laughs> You're on with Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt and Mick Jolly of PR Web. Well, that Great. was a first for us. That was a first for us. Yes, it was. But, hey, you know what? All's well that ends well. We're, we're glad Alec could uh, join us. And uh, without further ado, we should probably, you know, we had an opportunity to announce you uh, probably in your absence, Alec, and, and uh, talk a little bit about uh, your background. But, um, you know, one thing that it doesn't say is, in, in, in the information that we shared with the users is exactly what got you into this whole PR and, and marketing racket to start with. I mean, you have a, a, a great um, pedigree of experience. So what was it that drew you into this industry? Um, it was, well, it wasn't any, any great plan or design. It was, it was uh, kind of, believe it or not, the first job out of college and uh, <laughs> working in the marketing uh, department of a, of a large oil company. And while I was there, um, you know, I, I really, you know, grasped, you know, what the, the business knowledge for marketing and public relations is. And I've, since then, um, I've had a, just a series of, of, of jobs with different responsibilities in different industries, both on the client side and uh, mostly in the agency side in, in PR and in, in marketing. But the, the challenge that, that I really enjoy is, and, you know, answering the, the kind of question that, you know, what is it that keeps my clients up at night? What bothers them? And, you know, increasingly you can distill it down uh, to, you know, to a couple of very basic facts, such as, you know, we need to increase market share and profits, and we need to decrease operating costs and expenses. And True. when you can answer those questions through a marketing or PR, then I, I think you, you really have, you know, done, done, done justice to the the final client, which is really, you know, the, the, the CEO, the president of the company. You know, okay, so we're sort of jumping in. Maybe we'll go, we'll fast forward to go backward again. But now how do you, you know, how do you help a company to evaluate that so that they can sleep at night and you can bring, you know, bring up their margin and decrease their operating costs? Well, that, 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 that's a great question. And I think a lot of people, myself included, have, have struggled with that exact uh, question. How, how do you prove the effectiveness or the ROI, the return on investment of, of uh, PR and marketing. You know, certainly, uh, with, you know, they say like a rising tide rises all ships. So, you know, what percentage of a program or plan, uh, you know, is, is, it, is uh, from PR or marketing as opposed to just a rising economy? And like I said, that's something that, you know, many people have struggled with, uh, myself included, and we're constantly creating and evaluating new sets of metrics on, on how to measure that. I haven't, to be honest with you, found the right formula, but I, I think that, you know, willing to admit that and willing to, you know, put metrics on the table with, with a client and then work against those in, in relation to your uh, PR or marketing activities definitely shows good faith in that effort. Fabulous. How do you, I mean, so could you maybe run through a case study with us, maybe with a client, of, you know, how you would sort of set up that sort of metric? So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? That's okay. Um, 
how maybe you could explain to us a little bit, like some of the basics when a client comes to you, how you start to establish like a PR platform and a marketing platform, blend that together so that um, they have some sort of a metric to work from. Well, no, that, that's that's great. That's a great question. Uh, let's use let's use a trade show as an example. Uh, you know, we have done have done a lot of trade shows and done a lot of new product launches or you know second generation of products, if you will. Uh, you know, there's there's some of the metrics that you could have besides the fact of how many interviews and and PR by the pound, how many you know clips you generate at the end of the trade show or the end of the the, the period is more more to the point of you know how many qualified leads have been generated through the marketing efforts. And this is not just the pure PR. This is the, the whole trade show marketing efforts. How many you know, demos have you done of your, your client's product, whether it's a technology or you know, a, a widget that slices, dices, and does a million other things? How many product demos have you done for key industry publications, whether that be trade or consumer pubs? Those are some of the type of metrics that, that you can use at a trade show, as an example, you know, and certainly uh, when launching a new product, you know, PR outreach and, and articles is, is a key indicator. You know, are they uh, feature articles? Are they roundup stories where you're one of eight products mentioned in, in, in a roundup from the trade show? Is a photo included? Is the CEO's interview in there? So there's many different metrics that, that you could look at and saying, okay, we, we, we met the minimum objectives, which was... X number of interviews, product demos with key editors, you know, three feature stories and five or six roundup stories. And that kind of then puts together a holistic approach to, yes, this trade show was successful. We hit the people we needed to hit. And to give you an example, uh, several years ago, we, we launched um, uh, the first generation of prepaid phones at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, the CES. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the CES show... If, if you're familiar with it, there's about 3,000-plus registered reporters, and there's no way you can right. meet all of those people. So you right. go through the list, and you say, okay, out of those 3,000-plus reporters, there are 50 that are important to my client. What do we need to do to meet those 50 people? And from those 50 key reporters, we actually wound up doing interviews and demos with about half of them, and that resulted in the type of of press that I was talking about, the product demos, the, you know, the roundups, the feature articles, and, 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 and the trade and consumer clips. So that, that's a, a structured way of looking at it. You, know, you obviously can't touch all 3,000 reporters, nor could you even at a much smaller trade show where there's only 100 reporters. There may only be you know, a dozen that you really are, need to speak with and have the product demoed with. So that's one way of looking at metrics, from just from a, a narrow trade show uh, venue. Which is terrific. But let me ask you one question, too. For people that are interested that are, let's say, you know, working their own booth or doing their own product launch, how do they get their hands on the list? Of- well, if, uh, if, if, if you're an exhibitor, uh, typically you, you will have access from the trade show organizers to the media list. What, what we like to do, and a lot of times they won't give you that list for, the, for let's say, you know, 2005. So you say, okay, great. Give me the 2004 list. Chances are the same reporters are going, and if the reporter has moved on to, you know, another job, at least you know which publications or media outlets sent people last year uh, that were registered. And, you know, certainly that's one way of doing it. Another way uh, is certainly on-site media outreach, and and that's, you know, sweet-talking, if not outright bribing your way at the press room. You know, (laughs) 
food and tchotchkes <laughs> and giveaways are always a great bribe at a press room, at a trade show, when they usually, you know, in the middle of the day, there's an intern standing there who gets no attention, and all of a sudden you're giving her or him, uh, you know, free food and, and whatever, you know, giveaways your, your client is doing. And and, we and do. That, that would work for me. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised the access that, you know, um, you know that, will, that will get you at a press room. It's true. It's true. And, you know, you made a very good point, too. People focus on, oh, my goodness, there's 3,000 reporters, you know, 3,000 yeah. media outlets there. Okay, great. But how many of those 3,000 people are actually applicable to you? So yeah. really boiling it down and creating a hot list so that you can, A, be focused and you're not scattered and freaked out all over the place. But more importantly, you're focusing on the media outlets that are going to gain you the most return and give you the best form of credibility if they will publish something about you. Absolutely, and, and it's a two-way street. If you're going to do that and really target and focus like a laser beam on those reporters, they know that you, they are important to you, so therefore you have to offer them access to the senior executive at, at the company, at, you know, on the, at the trade show, and not just the sales rep on the floor. They'll want to speak to the president or the senior vice president or whomever is uh, available. True. Now, what about prepping people for something like that? Well, I mean, that, you know, that, you know, there's, you have the media training, you know, certainly, you know, your Q&As, we, we do practice runs. You know, last year we did a, a major launch at the MGMA show, which is the, it's, I forget what the acronym stands for, it's a medical conference for technology, and the client was WebMD, and we, we prepped the, the, the client who happened to be the president of that division, you know, went through a series of, of uh, you know, interview-type questions, both positive and, and negative questions, we looked at which reporters we already lined up to do interviews with, and we researched the type of articles they've written in the past, not just about my client, but competitors and the industry in general, and we were able to really prepare the, the president, you know, for each reporter individually based on what he or she has written in the past, what their disposition was towards, you know, my client and or their competitors. And, you know, that, that's a lot of homework, but, you know, it certainly, you know, shows in the results, not just in the, uh, you know, in the positive or neutral articles that <coughs> come out from that effort, but in the rapport between the client and the reporter conducting the interview, you, you know, it, it definitely comes out that the, the client did the homework on, on the publication rather than like, you know, what do you guys write about? You know? Right, which is so important and something that Mick and I always stress in the show is it is... You know, it's an insult to someone when you call, you know, when you call a journalist and you say, hey, I want you to do an article on me, or here, let me give you a suggestion. I'm trying to make your life easier, which is nice, by giving you an idea yes. for what you could actually do, and you have no idea what it is that they've done in the past. No, no idea what the publication even covers. You know what I mean? And, and I, when I started out my career, I was guilty of that, and, you know, I've had, you know, reporters yell at me. You know, and, and basically say, you know, next before you call next time, you know, pick up my magazine or my newspaper or, you know, listen to the radio show or whatever. I mean, because it is. It's an, it's an insult. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big, I mean, if you, you don't go into, you know, a picture type of, uh, you know, restaurant and look for a food that doesn't, you know, doesn't correlate with that restaurant. And yet people go to, uh, go to a uh, directory of, of reporters which are available online and they just start dialing and smiling or whatever it is that they're doing. And. And not knowing anything about the individual's writing style or the type Absolutely. of uh, 
articles they've written in the past, and, and that can be extremely valuable. Yeah, yeah, you certainly wouldn't go on a job interview not knowing what the company does. Yeah, no, no, no. Story no. about Actually. the guy that uh, had an interview with FedEx for a key position, and yeah. and they said, well, we didn't get your, uh, your 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 resume or your background or whatever it was, and he said, well, I've got the UPS tracking number. Yeah. Oh, boo! Yeah. It's true. It's true. But it you know what? It's, you, you definitely hit a sore spot with me about people coming for job interviews because we've just been doing some hiring. And I cannot tell you how many people sat in front of me and said, I really want this job. But I never went to your website. I never did any research as to whom you are. But I really want this job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, but those are excellent. Those are excellent key points. And, you know, always cre- you know, do your best to ingratiate yourself with people and create a nice rapport and understand that, you know, I think there's two things to always be um, very cognizant of when you're dealing with a journalist. One is if you can make their life easier, they're more apt to do business with you. Yeah, and they're also being pushed and pulled in a million different directions. So if you can differentiate yourself from everyone else and really just be nice, like you said, offer them, bribe them. You heard it here, uncover story. I love that. Um, you know, offer them food. Whisk them away if it looks like they're getting sucked into a conversation with someone they don't want to be talking to. Say something fun and exciting. You know, enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. If someone likes you, they're more likely to do business with you, whether it's writing an article or just buying your product in general. Absolutely. You know, and, you know gonna... one of the things that you know that you know after the, the the article comes out, it's always you know nice and if not polite to send an email to the reporter thanking them for the article and, and you know pointing out you know they did a really great job and you appreciate their hard work and effort. Very good. Very hey, true, Alec. I want to divert you just a little bit because um, one of the things that was interesting in your background is that you did a whole lot of um, uh, PR and marketing on on behalf of Microsoft in, in South America, and uh, that's. You know, that's a pretty big uh, hurdle because at least, at least my uh, picture of so much of what goes on in South America, and we have a Spanish-speaking side to our site. We do not have a Portuguese um, side. But uh, you know, South America typically is not an area that, that has a lot of uh, technology, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, it's not, it's not like here where everybody has, if not just one, but maybe two computers in their household and Internet access and all the rest of the accoutrements um, that go with it. Uh, so that's a... That's a tough area to um, to market, and I at least my experience has been as we've tried to uh, introduce our services to South America. It's not an industry um, a location where press releases are uh, typical, and that, of course that's what we do here in the United States. A lot of and and English speaking world any anyway is a lot of uh, press release distribution. But that's been a real real hurdle to try and get a good foothold and be able to market our services. We've been doing things like speaking at some of the universities down in Mexico mm-hmm. and whatnot to just to more of goodwill stuff, you know, as opposed to any, you know, there's no immediate payout, if you will. No, no, there isn't. And, and, and there, there are a lot of unique challenges. I mean, I, I was with Microsoft for a few years before starting my own firm, and I was hitting up advertising and PR for all of Latin America for, for Microsoft based out of their Fort Lauderdale office. Yeah, uh, Fort Lauderdale. You know, and it, it was definitely very unique challenges. Of you know, over the years of of work, you know, I guess you know, both in U.S. and in Latin America, with you know, Latin American clients, but mostly based in the U.S. With Microsoft Latin America, the the challenges were 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 immense. Not only because of you know the different cultures, but also uh, as you pointed out, that you know, there's there's not. Uh, the, the widespread use of computers and technology 
in Latin America or in many places in Latin America as, as you have here. But with respect to, you know, like the media relations aspect of it, you know, for example, we would, um, you know, something that would never happen in the United States except perhaps in the travel and tourism area, which I know almost nothing about travel and tourism PR, but most reporters in the United States would not take an all-expense paid client trip, you know, for a week to a location to cover, to cover uh, a client. In Latin America, it's expected that if you want, you know, especially for a company like Microsoft, for us to come and, you know, interview Bill Gates or interview Steve Ballmer, you know, you better provide us with, you know, the round-trip airfare, the accommodations, food, and entertainment for like four or five days. Wow. At least I know the secret now. Guys, that whole bribery thing. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, so we, 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 I mean, it's, it's not a bribery thing so much as it is a cultural, cultural. A cultural yeah. thing. And so, you know, we would have to set up these, these press junkets uh, you know, then, you know, gather reporters and send them, you know, to, uh, to Seattle, uh, to cover, uh, you know, big Microsoft events. Uh, we, you know, when we launched Windows XP in New York, it was the same thing. We, we, you know, paid for, I think, like a hundred plus journalists from Latin America to go to New York. Whereas other regions of the world, uh, certainly, you know, the U.S. reporters and the European reporters, they, they paid their own way. You right. know, the Latin American, you know, reporters, you know, they're, they were expected that the, the company picks up the full tap. So, you know, that, that was one, you know, unique uh, challenge there. But on the, on the technology side, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Costa Rica on vacation, and, you know, we were driving through some, you know, you know various small, dusty towns, and you come, to, you know, have the sign of the name of the town, underneath it would say the population, and then it would have a little phone. And I was like, what is the little phone for? And then I realized, that some of these towns we were driving through, the town had one phone. And that, that was they, it. That was <laughs> oh, it. They were wow. letting you know that there was, you know, one public phone available, you know, in, in these, you know, various uh, villages. So, um, you know, forget an Internet cafe or, you know, high-speed DSL networks and wireless. You know, you, you had, you know, a phone, you know, in many of these uh, countryside towns, you know, one, one phone. So, you know, definitely there's the technological uh, uh, hurdles in, 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 in many of the, the smaller places within, within the continent. Very good. Well, that, that uh, confirms some of the suspicions I had. It, it helps me know that we're not doing everything wrong. It's just it's something that's going to take time in that particular yeah. market segment. You know, and, and, and the other <laughs> thing is, you know, when I, work, when I worked with Microsoft, we, you know, I also managed the uh, PR affiliate network. We, you know, all of the markets, all of the countries, we hired a local PR agency. You know, and many of the, uh, the the PR agencies or the managers there, you know, they would tell us that, yes, you know, email us, you know, all the press releases, and we'll print them and mail them or fax them to the reporter. I'm like, hold on a second. You mean, you know, this is only a few years ago, that you have to, you know, fax or mail a hard copy of, of the press release to, the, to a technology reporter in your, in your market? Uh, and, and many of the reporters still don't use email. Uh, they have their publications, or if they have it, they, they prefer not to use it. They want to get a hard copy of the press release. Well, get old habits die hard. Yes, they do. Which is interesting, which is very interesting. Now, you know, you were working with Microsoft. I mean, how, I mean, they're a, they're a world-dominant force. Do you, I mean, but it still sounds like you had a lot of, like, barriers to entry, considering that they were you know, a world force. 
how, I mean, how would you compare that with, like, let's say, a smaller company trying to, um, you know, make entry into, like, a Latin American culture? Well, uh, you know, first with with Microsoft, you know, many many consumers are, you know, obviously you're, you're running, if you don't have a Mac, you're running Windows, and you're using Microsoft Office and Microsoft Tools. But, you know, Microsoft's biggest challenge, not just in Latin America, but even in the United States, is on the is on the server and the network side of the business. And that was where a lot of the, the issues that we had, because if people had computers, you know, if consumers had computers in their home in Latin America, they were running Windows, and they had a familiarity, whether it was Windows 95, 98, 2000, or XP, they had mm-hmm. a familiarity with Microsoft. It was really on, on the businesses, and, and it became more of a public affairs issue with with the governments in Latin America going more for open source or free Linux type software rather than paying you know monopolistic prices to Microsoft. So that that's a whole whole other issue. But with respect to small companies, do, you know entering the Latin American market, I I've, my experience has really only been with uh, at least in Latin America, really have only been with with multinational companies. I have not done any uh, that I can recall right now. Uh, smaller startup companies doing business in Latin America. I have a lot of experience working with, you know, startups, uh, whether they be in a pre-revenue stage or, you know, small and medium-sized companies in the U.S. that I enjoy working with those type of companies because it's it's an intellectual challenge to work with a small company where every penny counts. You know, you could absolutely. You know, you you could waste, you know, and you know, tens of thousands of dollars at a Microsoft or a DuPont or something, and it's not really, you know, it, it, you know, it doesn't affect the bottom line. You may get the PR manager fired, but it doesn't affect the bottom line. <laughs> right, right, you right. <laughs> but you, you can't burn, you know, you know, you can't burn <laughs> through that type of money in this economy now with a small to medium sized business. And, you know, and right now I, I have two clients that you know I euphemistically call in the pre revenue stage. I mean, they right, you know, right. They're, they're that, is a, that is a level euphemism. Yeah, they, they, they're companies, but they, uh, quite frankly, they don't have any clients right now. But, uh, but it's a challenge. I do enjoy working with them. That's terrific. What I'd like to do is this, is um, go to a break in a moment, but come back because what you've done is actually, I think, very unique in that, you know, you are a one-man shop. You come from an amazing, strong background that covers a myriad of different industries, so it really allows you to stay, you know, ahead of the technology, ahead of... Uh, the PR marketing curve, et cetera, et cetera. But is start is is to come back and talk a little bit about the team that you've assembled, sort of how you work, um, and how you've blended, you know, PR, advertising, marketing together. And then, of course, I'd love to talk a little bit about what we discussed yesterday, which is people beginning to send outsource to India for their PR efforts and your opinion on that. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will come right back with Cover Story and our featured guest, Alec Rosen. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch Media.com today. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh-huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? 
Texas Assault. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts. Mm. Plus, their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertisement. Wow. And that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch media.com today do you sell a product or service with monster potential in the online market then attack the opportunity to turn your dreams into reality equipped with flexible e-commerce software from monstercommerce.com you'll possess complete control of your store including your storefront's design maintenance of your products and management of your online orders and all with the technical support and service available 24 hours a day 7 days a week grow your business today with monstercommerce.com Commercials off Now back to Cover story We're reserving a headline for you Hey everyone, welcome back to this edition of Cover Story With our featured guest, Alec Rosen Alec, welcome back You're welcome, thank you <laughs> So, wow, that was a mouthful uh, Of requests that I gave you prior to our departure to commercial Yeah, I don't think but... I remember Mom Brandy <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting how you've sort of positioned yourself. I mean, you really started off traditional PR. You worked for two of the largest firms in the country with blue chip and Fortune 500 companies. And you decided, and from what I understand, that a very, like the timing perhaps wasn't the, the smartest time to go out on your own? Well, I, I mean, when I was working at Microsoft, they moved, you know, the position that I had from Fort Lauderdale, from South Florida to Seattle. And uh, we we decided, you know, to really, you know, continue living in South Florida. So I, I left, I left Microsoft and started my own firm. So I didn't have the, you know, the, the pick and choose. This was, was the best time for me to, um, um, you know, to leave the to company. To leave, right? Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it was also during the uh, the recession, I guess, of uh, I guess two thousand two, two thousand three. But when I was, you know, researching. I wanted to do and start my business. I spoke with several friends of mine that that you know were either in similar situations or you know have left big agencies or what have you. And uh, you know, I, and I looked looked at their business models and looked at you know what made their agency successful. And it was really not just you know focusing on PR, which I which I've done in the past when I worked at Edelman as a senior vice president and you know previously at Burson Marsteller. But I decided that you know I could use the knowledge that I gained at Microsoft on the advertising and marketing and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. use that with uh, public relations and creating my own agency, AJR and Partners. Um, and, and assembling the team, you know, I, I also looked at, you know, a lot of my, you know, contacts or, or, or business associates over the years, people that I've worked with in special, you know, who specialize in branding or advertising or graphic design, because I, 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 I understand it, but I can't do it, nor do I want to do it. And I was right. able to put together, 
you know, a, a very, very powerful uh, team of people, not just in Florida, but also in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, in the New York metropolitan area. And, I, you know, I have a network of freelancers that I do tap into in other, other parts of the country, you know, on a, on a case-by-case basis. But the, uh, the business model rests really upon, you know, me developing and managing the strategic direction of any given campaign and, um, you know, as required, partnering with my advertising agency, my, my web design, my graphic designers, my copywriters, and so on and so forth, and pulling them together as a virtual team. Um, and, you know, we're able to offer those type of services to our clients at a very competitive price because I'm not carrying the overhead of those employees. Uh, plus, I've, you know, one of the other, you know, factors is I've negotiated favorable rates with all of my uh, partners, so to speak, because in essence, I'm doing their new business generation by bringing them the business and having them build it through my agency. So that enables me to, you know, to really be very competitive as a full-service agency, even though I'm uh, an employee of one. Right, which, which is tremendous. Which is tremendous, and I think it's terrific that you actually, because a lot of people do that, but a lot of people don't say, this is what I'm getting. And, okay, so from a personal standpoint here, how do you manage, I mean, because you, you are, you're the front man for all of this. You're the main point of contact. How do you have such an integral role at each one of these companies and manage to prioritize and, and have enough time? That's a great question, and I'll get to that in a moment. I just wanted to go back to to one one point that I think you raised. When I meet with my clients or even prospects, you know, for this to, in my opinion, to really work, it's total transparency. Uh, My clients know, you know, how my business is set up. They understand that I can bring these resources in, but they're they're my partners, and I do have contractual relationships with these partners. Uh, that, that, you know, when I bring them into an account, they work through me uh, as, as a vendor. Uh, and my clients also realize that they, would be, they are realizing significant cost savings going through this type of a model rather than hiring me to do their PR, somebody else to do their web design, somebody else to do their graphics, so on and so forth, that they actually have, you know, significant cost savings because of the rates that I've negotiated. I just Which no, thank you. I mean, I think that's, first of all, I think that's extremely honest and the right thing to do, but I think that's important, and I think a key point that, that um, you made there is you're, A, the main point of contact, and B, you know, when you outsource across the board to a different, you know, you've got, you, you hire a design firm for your website, you hire a PR firm, you hire a marketing firm, and you have people coming from different perspectives, it's very hard to create that uniformity, I think, that's so very necessary. So that way, if you've got one person who's sort of the cornerstone in what's happening, everything meshes easier together. Absolutely, and and you know one of the things that we that we do with an engagement of this nature, which is like integrated marketing campaign, is you know we create the blueprint, which is a strategic plan and the messaging framework from which everything drives from that, and that that makes sure that all my other partners are on the same page with me as it relates to the vision and the objectives. That we have in place for the client, and that that helps significantly helps in managing the process because I I create these these plans. Believe it or not, they're actually done on a spreadsheet uh, with you know with different colored tabs. It's very detail oriented, and I could 
You know, and this is something I learned from Microsoft and how they do their integrated marketing is, you know, it's very detailed on spreadsheets, very task-driven. Yes, there's a lot of creativity and, you know, and all the, the magic that goes into the PR objectives and the strategies and the tactics, but the nuts and bolts of it are very, very, uh, uh, you know, to use the words, almost like engineering. Um, and, and that allows the element of control over the creative process, especially when you're dealing with, you know, multiple creative people and in and, and various fields. Very true. Very true. And, I mean, as organized as you can keep it is wonderful. Now, let me ask you another question. You, um, you actually lost a client to outsourcing in India. Yeah, actually, um, uh, two clients, but uh, who's counting? <laughs> Only <laughs> <laughs> well, the money and, and, as it goes out the door. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, one one was one was a prospect, and one one was a client. So you know, two two certainly two revenue generating opportunities. Uh, a, a large bulk of my my cli- my clients are small and medium sized enterprises, particularly in the technology space. So these type of companies are already outsourcing. Some of their programming or some of their you know code development to India or where have you, and they were they're in the mindset that we could outsource programming or we're actually in one, in one case one company was a conduit for outsourcing themselves. We, we're they're engaged in technology outsourcing to India. What to their thinking is why not outsource everything else as well? Right, right. Which you know if you're if you're looking at it from you know dollars and cents, and if you're looking at it from, you know, an extremely tactical <laughs> standpoint of, you know, we're going to write a few lines of code or we're going to, you know, do some basic project work, you know, there, there, there's arguments for and there's certainly arguments against that economically. Um, but what I have seen on the, the work that has happened with, with these two technology companies in particular is one of them, the prospect that I lost, outsourced their U.S. PR to basically a press release writing factory somewhere in India. And, you know, I, one, I, I cannot nor will I compete on price. I just won't do that. Certainly not, you know, to a, a press release factory that's in India that could, you know, issue the press, you know, write a press release and then just, you know, issue it and, and be done with it. And, you know, I, you explain to the prospect or the client the value added is one, you know, we know the market, we know how to write. You know, we, we, we have a strategic plan in place, so on and so forth, that we can follow. You know, if you just, you know, tell them, you know, write a press release, they'll, you know, anybody can write a press release if, if that's what you're looking for. And it, you know, certainly, if you're going to get into a, a low-cost bidding war, you're not going to win. The other, right. the other uh, client, uh, what they did was they outsourced all of the graphic design copywriting, and I guess the, the printing of their their marketing collateral to a firm in India. And, you know, when, I, when they showed me the finished product, you know, I'm, I'm reading it, and, you know, while the English was grammatically correct, nothing was, you know, it was, it was, you know, proper English. It was not U.S. English. It was not, you know... Well, they didn't use the lingo. Marketing. They don't know the lingo. They're, you know, they use, you know, words... That we that we would find awkward that we would not use, and you know you're reading this, you say there's no way anybody's gonna you know take this company serious based on just reading the copy, not to mention the the you know the very poor quality 
of paper production, graphic design, and and the ink would on one of the pages of the brochure also ran. So you wow. know there was a, there was a lot of quality control issues there, but I I think you know what will happen over time as it has happened in software development that you know as agencies in India become more adept and and more sophisticated, whether it be in their writing or their production skills, you know you will see uh, you know certainly uh, a higher quality of work coming from there. You know, does that mean that, you know, all PR jobs are going to be outsourced to India? I, I seriously <laughs> doubt that. You know, does it mean that certain companies may find cost advantages from doing work, uh, you know, in India? Absolutely. I mean, you can't stop manufacturing plants from closing and outsourcing to China, nor could you, you know, certain intellectual property work, you know, being outsourced to, to India. But it is a disturbing trend. The one that I think, can easily be counteracted, you know, if, if you go back to the beginning of our conversation, when I say if you can focus on the, the few things that keep the client up at night, you know, and not just the PR manager, you know, where they're going to get the next clip or how they're going to keep the marketing director happy, but really answer those questions. And how do you help them increase profits and how do you help them decrease their operating expenses or operating costs? And if you could do one of those, and certainly on the PR side of the marketing, you, you know, should be able to demonstrate how you can help them increase market share, sales, and profit, uh, you know, clearly. And I think, you know, P- PR people need to be willing to, you know, put a set of metrics in place. You know, we, we can deliver, you know, X, Y, and Z, which is not the same to say we promise to the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or CNN. Right. Because I would never do that. I, I don't do that and never have. But I think when you have a plan in place, you can say, you know, we're going to target, you know, these vertical trade publications, these markets, and, you know, we expect, you know, a certain level of market saturation, a certain number of stories, feature stories, key messages included, things of that nature that, that are measurable and are realistic uh, to achieve. Which is excellent, excellent advice. And I think, you know, also going back to what you said in regard to outsourcing to India or outsourcing to anywhere, you know, I personally think that if you, if you don't have you don't have a PR agency and you don't have the ability or the knowledge to write your own press release, you know, someone like a PR web does do a great job of doing that for you. If you're going to outsource, um, I, I do think it's really important. That's you know, it's a one-dimensional form of communication, and Absolutely. in that one-dimensional form, that is representing exactly who you are, and that needs to get across whatever, you know, if you're launching a product, announcing a new hire, um, trying to create some extra credibility for yourself as being experts in a certain area, that it that messaging needs to exude and personify exactly the image that you want to your publics, and that should not be taken lightly because unless you're using the new RSS feeds, I'm doing nice plugs today for Pure Web, where you can actually take back the words that you write ex post facto, yeah. Those words are out there. Those words are out there. And if they're not, if, if, if you're not properly explaining who you are, if you're not properly positioning yourself, if you're putting out quotes that are meaningless or harmful, so sorry. You just cut your leg off. You're not a centipede. You can't grow another one back. Yep, that's, you know, that's true. PR Web has been approached uh, several times about outsourcing a lot of our editorial overview and whatnot. You know, oh, we can edit those for you. Well, it's not just a matter of making sure the dateline's correct. You need to make certain that it, it also fits the, uh, you know, the cultural needs and, and concerns of, you know, of, of the audience. So, 
if it was just as simple as make sure the dateline was correct, then you know that yeah, you could give that to uh, some monkeys that you're trying to put in the right date. But you need people that understand the the message that's to be delivered and make sure that it fits the right context and be che- checking to make sure that you know that the any links that are off it are are appropriate for the the audience that's intended. And you know beyond that, yes, we do offer writing services for writing fresh leases. But the thing that we try and tell people is we're not a PR agency. You know, we can help you write your press release, but it's a it's a hand in hand thing with the with the client. The client needs to be available for interview and provide information and the content because you know we're not out there checking the sources or putting together a, a, a um, PR or a marketing campaign. And we still encourage people to utilize a, a uh, public relations firm for that because we're such a narrow piece of the pie of the whole PR puzzle. And uh, you know, I, I think by outsourcing it. We would, with what we do, I think we would weaken the ability to uh, provide a good, strong, credible, and consistent service. It's, it's really nice uh, for uh, you know one of our clients that does use this occasionally for writing a press release. It's generally some some guy who's perfectly capable, or some gal who's perfectly capable of, as an executive of their own small firm, and says, "Hey, I, I need to just get a little assistance because I you know I've got, I'm wearing too many hats today." Um, but that you know that that type of uh, of a setting, it's nice to be able to walk um, out out my office door and go talk to the, a few of the uh, editors on the other uh, you know other side of the uh, um, office building and say, hey, you know, we need to do such and such. Uh, you know, put it in into the uh, queue of things to be done, and and uh, you know, it, it's nice to have that hands-on personal relationship that you because relationships are are what we're trying to build in PR. And Absolutely. if you can't have a relationship with the people you're working directly with already, then. <laughs> <laughs> and right. you know it's not going to get any easier when you outsource it all to to uh, to a nation that may or may not understand the the culture of the people that that uh, you're trying to work with. No, well, I, I, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that's so crazy is you know when I'm listening to you, oh my goodness, like you know I listen to what Alex is saying, and you know there's so many pieces, and you're very organized in how you keep this together. The more you outsource. The more disseminated everything is, the more disseminated everything is, the more chaotic it is to kind of, you know, harness this animal that you want to run on a really straight path forward. And that's difficult. And then, of course, you know, they're ta- speaking to the whole, you know, cultural experience. You know, you've got a company like Chevy who hired a, a firm, I think it's like an American firm to do their PR many moons ago, for the Chevy Nova. Yeah. yeah and we all know. <laughs> and that's quite the story, isn't it? I mean, give me a break. Nova means doesn't go. I cannot see people running to the Chevy dealerships in, you know, South America or, you know, any of the, the Spanish-speaking countries and going to buy a car that doesn't go. Yeah, there was, there was another one. It was Coca-Cola. I, I forget which. No, Pepsi. It was Pepsi. It was, it was, yeah, it was one, of their, one of their slogans translated in Chinese to, like, you know, brings your dead relatives back to life. In huge oh, oh, billboards. I don't know how I missed that one over the years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, no, no, Mick, it was hysterical. Oh, Huge funny. billboards in China. And yes, it said we yeah. bring your, it, it, I think it's Pepsi, something about, and I always get confused with GE and Pepsi, but, you know, we bring, it's not we bring good things to light, but it's, yeah. whatever. And yes, it said something like, we bring yeah. your, your dead back to life. Yeah, GE, <laughs> we bring good things to life, yeah. <laughs> and they had people running out of the streets. And I couldn't imagine why are people running out of the streets. It was like War of the Worlds again, you know, in the 50s. People were so, you know, you, you've just, be careful, especially like, you know, like you said, you're working with a lot of companies. I like, I like your euphemism of, you know, non, non-revenue non companies. Yes. Pre-revenue. Pre-revenue, sorry. Well, here's and, the thing that, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I'm just. 
I would say the thing that Alex has done very well is he has uh, basically linked himself with partners in, in South America. And beyond that, I noticed you have a, uh, is a Sao Paulo office in Brazil. An affiliate, yes. An affiliate, okay. But you have somebody on site that understands that culture for marketing within that, that specific oh, arena. Absolutely, that, that's absolutely critical. And that, that makes all the sense in the world. And, and, you know, we wouldn't necessarily go to South America in order to uh, find somebody that's going to launch a campaign here in the United States. I mean, it's not to say there wouldn't be some capable people down there, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to make a lot more sense for us to source a ER marketing agency in the United States to address the U.S. market. And likewise, uh, you know, if we want to target certain South American or Asian markets, maybe we should be talking to a, a PR agency that um, understands that particular part of the world. And I think that's where you're a, a, a very nice front door to many of those other markets because you have set up that network. You already understand the industry. You understand the message that wants to be conveyed, and yet you have a network of people outside the country, too, that you can work with to make sure that message is translated correctly. That's yeah, so yeah, absolutely. And, and, that's, and I think that, at the end of the day, is we have so little control in this world that when you have the opportunity to take that control in your life, take that control in your life. You know, keep your marketing efforts yeah. consistent. Blend marketing, PR, and advertising because they all do work, in, work hand in hand. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I think that's so very important and set up a system that's realistic and, and set goals that are realistic that you want to achieve and keep the course forward. And definitely pick agencies to work with that are within <laughs> your cultural space or the cultural space that you're looking to, uh, to achieve some goals with. Because, you know, that, that's, I think, the best advice in the world. You know, even if it's harder on you, Let's say even to deal with like a company in South America, you know, then you go to someone like an Alec who already has a relationship. He's the point person, so you don't have to worry about any cultural differences between you and them, but you get the benefit of their knowledge of that industry in that particular market space. And you want to pick the right, uh, you know, the, the right vehicle to get you where you want to be in, and it's nice to know that you know, there's somebody out there that's already sourced. Uh, it wouldn't be a Chevy Nova. It wouldn't be a Nova. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Works well for the NASA arena maybe a few years ago, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Well, hey, uh, Alex, Randy, I, I, we're winding down here to the end of the hour again. And, um, you know, the, the shame of it is, Alec, as I've looked over some of your, your background or information and whatnot that you that you shared with us, uh, we didn't get into anything. We, we barely scratched the surface. True, and, uh, true. You know, well, I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed the time. Thank you. Well, what do you say, Mick? Should we gang up on him now? I think so. All right. We have a guest scheduled for next week, Alec. But yeah. would you like to come and we can do a part two, um, two weeks from today? What, uh, what, what, two weeks from today? Yeah. yeah. So not next week, the week after this. Yeah. yeah that, that, further that, that, what, what day is that? That should be fine. That, that'll I don't be another quite Wednesday. Know. It'll be another Wednesday, just two weeks from now. I think it'll be like the, like the it's second. It's a whirlwind week. I was going to say it was Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, just, All right. If you send me an email uh, just to confirm it, I could, I could put that in my outlook. That'll Super. work great. And for those, uh, for those listeners who are tuned in now, and they're going to be uh, looking forward to tuning in for Part 2 in two weeks, where can we send them so they can go check your website out? Uh, thank you. The website is um, ajrpartners.com. That's A-J-R-Partners with an S. 
and um, we have, you know, all, all my information is up on the website. And if you'd like to email me, it would be alec, A-L-E-C, at AJRpartners.com. Perfect. All right, you guys. Well, this has been another terrific cover story. Thank you so much for your awesome contribution to the community. And, Mick, never enough time with you. Never enough. Never enough. Never we, enough. Mutually so. We need, we need to, uh, we should make this a daily radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as we get good guests like Alec along, a, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, that's, me that's too. Okay. So, Amen. Uh, Watch out. I, I, so, I, thank I, you very I, much. I do that. Thank you. So listen, everyone, uh, hang out. We've got some awesome programming coming up. It's all about you right here on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back next week with another awesome edition of Cover Story.